ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತ ಕೆಂಟೋ ಟ್ವೆಲ್ವ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಇಲೆವೆನ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ನಂಬರ್ ನೈನ್ ಯಾಂ ವೈ ಪುರುಷಸ್ಥಿತ ಯಾವಾಸವಿ ಮಹಾಷೋಲೋಕ ಸಂಸ್ಥಯುರುಷೋ ಯಾವಸ್ಥಿತ ಪುರುಷೋಲೋಕಸಂಸ್ಥಯಾಸ್ಥ ಸ್ವಿ ಮಹಾಷೋಲೋಕಸಂಸ್ಥೆಯ ಪುರುಷೋ ಸಂಸ್ಥಿ ಮಹಾಷೋಲೋಕಸಂಸ್ಥೆಯ indeed purusha ordinary individual person yavatya extending to which dimensions samsthaya by the position of his limbs <coughs> mitaha measured tavan to that extent asav he api also mahapurusha the transcendental personality loka samsthaya according to the positions of the planetary systems <coughs> translation 
Just as one can determine the dimensions of an ordinary person of this world by measuring his various limbs, one can determine the dimensions of the Mahapurusha by measuring the arrangement of the planetary systems within his universal form. So please repeat. Just as one can determine the dimensions of an ordinary person of this world by measuring his various limbs, <coughs> one can determine the dimensions of the Mahapurusha by measuring the arrangement of the planetary systems within his universal form. So there is a very good comparison here. It's very relevant for all of us. We'll discuss that in detail, how it is relevant to us, because we are used to our own self or our own body and mind. We are mostly focused on our mind and body, and we work through our mind and body. So we are well aware of our own dimensions. We look in the mirror and we can see our dimensions, etc. So here is the description of the Mahapurusha or universal form, which is uh, one kind of dimension shows of the Lord of God. That how great God is and how all the planetary systems are within him, etc. So, uh, it's easy for us to relate to him. Otherwise, it could be difficult to relate to him. So, there is something <clears throat> of great importance or great relevance for us in understanding ourselves as well as in understanding God. So, we'll be discussing that. We have a few more verses to go through before we can reach a purport. Uh, it's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. 16 has a purport. So we'll study up to the text number 16 today. Text number 10. Kaustuba Vyapadeshana Swatmachyoti Vivatyaja Tat Prabhavyapini Sakshat Srivatsa Murasavibu Translation Upon his chest the Almighty and born personality of God had bears the Kaustuba gem which represents the pure spirit soul along with the Sri Vatsa mark which is the direct manifestation of this gem's expansive effulgence. So, here is the comparison of the Lord, because Lord Krishna, he wears this Kautubha gem. Uh, and uh, it's a very shining jewel. It's the most shining, most beautiful jewel on his chest. And the shine that is coming out of this jewel is also very attractive. 
as much as is the jewel itself. And the whole body of Krishna is very beautiful and shining. And there is a special blue effulgence or blue light is coming out of Krishna's body also. So it's a combination of all different effulgences. And amongst them, one of it is Kaustuba jewel. And uh, uh, so that comparison is given here with universal form. And who is the Kaustuba? So here it is said that that is the spirit soul, that is us. We are decorated on the chest of, especially we as devotees, because Krishna loves his devotees. So in this universal form, the soul is decorated as the jewel. And just as Krishna's body has effulgence, so the soul also has his natural effulgence. Right now, we are covered over by the material body, so we cannot see the effulgence of the soul. But in the spiritual world, every soul has his own effulgence. So, uh, here is the description of the uh, supreme uh, uh, personality's form as the universal form, as well as the spirit soul and the effulgence. So, then there is the next verse, <coughs> text 11 and 12. Swamayam vanamalakyam nana gunamayim dadat vasachando mayam pitam brahma sutram trivrit swaram divarti sankyam yogam cha devo makara kundale mauli padam parameshtam sarvaloka bayankaram. Translation. His flower garland is his material energy, comprising various combinations of the modes of nature. His yellow garment is the Vedic meters, and his sacred thread, the syllable Om, composed of three sounds. In the form of his two shark-shaped earrings, the Lord carries the processes of Sankhya and Yoga. And his crown bestowing fearlessness on the inhabitants of all the worlds is the supreme position of Brahma Loka. So here is a nice description of the Lord. Utilizing all the planetary systems and various factors of the planetary systems, the personal beauty and personal form of Lord Krishna is also described simultaneously. Because Lord Krishna always has the flower garland by Mala, made of the forest flowers, very fragrant forest flowers of Vrindavan. Krishna is wearing those flowers every day. He loves these flowers, flower garland. So, here, because in this universal form, we'll discuss it further, the uni- why we, universal form is special. And this flower garland is made of material energy. So what is this material energy made of three modes of material nature? And his yellow garment is the Vedic hymns. 
And his sacred third is the Omkara, the transcendental sound vibration. Omkara is a sacred thread. And the process of yoga and sankhya are the two. Makara Kundala. The uh, Kundala means the earrings. Uh, and the crown is the Brahmaloka. The topmost planet. The biggest, largest and the most opulent planet in the universe is the Brahmaloka. Where Lord Brahma is living with his uh, friends, associates, family members, his department members to create the different species of life. So everything is there in the Brahma Loka, so that is the crown jewel of the Virat, of the universal form. That is being described here. Text number 13. Avyakrita manantakyam asanam yadvidashtita Dharma jnana diviryuktam sattvam padmami hochate. Ananta, the Lord's sitting place, is the unmanifest phase of material nature. And the Lord's lotus throne is the mode of goodness, endowed with religion and knowledge. So here is a further description of the Virat universal form, where Ananta-shesha. shesha that is the Lord's sitting place or lying down place. He lies down or he is sitting on Shesha-nag, the throne of Shesha. Ananta-shesha. And that is described as the unmanifest material nature. The first the material nature is unmanifest. And when the Lord Mahavishnu glances at the material nature, then the material nature comes into action. So there are two different aspects of the material energy. First it is in the form of pradhana or unmanifest nature. And then the living entities, the spirit souls are introduced into the material nature, then the material nature becomes alive, comes to life. So, that life is because of the consciousness introduced by the Lord, by Lord Mahavishnu. So, uh, that is described here. And the mode of goodness, which is characterized by religion and knowledge. So, there are three modes, but here is the mentioning the mode of goodness, which is very important mode. If you want to practice religion... If you want to get knowledge, you must have more of goodness first. Then you can enter into the pure goodness or Vishuddha Sattvam. But first you have to become good or you have to come to the platform of goodness, mode of goodness. Okay, so then there is next is the text number 14 and 15. Oja Sahobala Yutam Mukha Tatvam Gadam Dadat Apam Tatvam Daravaram Tejas Tatvam Sudarshanam Nabo Nibam Nabas Tatvam Asim Charmatamo Mayam Kala Rupam Danu Shangam Tatha Karma Maye Shudim. So the club. 
that Lord carries is the chief element, prana, incorporating the potencies of sensory, mental, and physical strength. That is the club. Club means power. Uh, it's a weapon. Gada. So this club is the mental, physical power, strength, sensory strength. His excellent kanchal is the element water. His sudarshan disc, the element fire. And his sword, pure as the sky, the element ether. So everything that is described here in the universal form is reminding us of one person. Who is that? Lord Krishna. Because Lord Krishna, he is carrying all these different weapons. Uh, When he goes to war, he carries weapons with him. Like Gada and uh, Danush, uh, uh, arrows and uh, bow and arrow. His shield embodies the mode of ignorance. His bow, named Saranga, is the time. And his arrow-filled quiver, the working sensory organs. So here is the description of his Saranga Danva. Saranga. He carries his Saranga Danusha, the bow, which is very powerful bow. And nobody can defeat Krishna because... From his quiver, unlimited arrows come out, as many as he wants to use on the enemy when he's fighting in the war. He kills the opposite army, not in one, two, ten, or hundred, or thousand. At one shot, he is able to kill ten thousand or ten million people, ten million Even if there is an army of 10 million, he can kill because his arrows are the most powerful arrows in the world. And when he shoots one arrow, it multiplies into as many arrows as he wants. As many soldiers and Maharatis are standing on the opposite side, the arrow will multiply automatically and it will shoot every one of them and they'll be killed. So... This is the, it's kind of like a magical formula Krishna has. That shows his power and greatness of himself and his Danusha, his powerful uh, uh, bow, which is called Saranga. So he's called Sarangapani also. His name is Sarangapani. That he holds, Pani means hands. In his hands, he holds the bow, Saranga, And when he holds that saranga, then everybody knows that now the opposition is going to be vanquished. It's going to be finished. So that is being described here in the universal form, the power of Krishna in the form of the universal form as saranga, holding the saranga bow and his quiver Uh, is also described here. So everything, the description here is reminding us, anybody who is a little bit devotee, immediately as soon as he reads this, he will remember Krishna. Because throughout Bhagavatam and different other scriptures, Krishna is describing in different scenes when he is 
making love with his friends or playing with his friends, coward boys in Vrindavan, how he's acting, what are his decorations, what kind of flower garland he has, or how nicely, sweetly he's talking. And when he's on the battlefield fighting the opposite party, then how ferocious he is and how powerful his saranga is. Also, all of these things are automatically reminded in the mind of the devotee when he is reading this universal form. So that is the purpose of this whole chapter that was first described by the Shukko Swami and Shaunaka. So uh, we will discuss that further. But uh, before we discuss, we will come to the next verse, which is the last one for today. It has a purport. <clears throat> Text number 16. Indriyani Sharanahu Akutirasya Syandhanam Tanmatranyasya Bivyaktim Mudrayartha Kriyatmatam So, this is describing Indriyani. His arrows are said to be the senses. The arrows are the Indriyani or the senses. And his chariot is the active, forceful mind. His external appearance is the subtle objects of perception and the gestures of his hands are the essence of all purposeful activity. So, further description is there with the arrows uh, of of the universal form are the senses and arrows of Krishna, we already know how powerful are the arrows of Krishna because nobody can uh, survive when he gets an arrow from Krishna. If you get an arrow from Krishna, that's it. You are done. Uh, immediate liberation. Krishna has the power to give you immediate liberation. So, <clears throat> the opposite party also gets the benefit of liberation. Even somebody comes as an enemy of Krishna, he at least gets a liberation. It may not be the topmost liberation in Golok Vrindavan, but some kind of liberation he'll definitely get. So, that is the power of his arrow. So, that is described here. And then the other things are described. We will be discussing it. There's a purport, so I'll read the purport. All activities ultimately aimed at the supreme perfection of life, and this perfection is awarded by the merciful hands of the Lord. So, this is the beauty of the purport. You should try to remember this is very beautiful. What is that? That all the activity is aimed at the supreme perfection. And this supreme perfection is awarded by the hands of the Lord, the merciful hands. The gestures of the Lord remove all fear from the heart of devotee. When Lord Krishna, he moves his hand, immediately the devotee gets the supreme benediction. Why? Because Krishna, in Vindavan, if you know, 
What is he holding in his hand? He holds the lotus flower in his hand. And he's rotating the lotus flower and he's playing with it. And when he's moving his flower, lotus flower in his hand, the devotees are enchanted just by looking at him. And the way, already he is the all-attractive Supreme Lord, and plus then he does all these different kinds of action. And it appears like the most beautiful actor performing his act. So devotees are enchanted and they go into ecstasy by just by looking at him with his flower movement. So this is how Krishna blesses his devotees, by the movement of his hand. And he elevates the devotee to the Lord's own association in the spiritual sky. Just by the movement of the hand, any devotee who gets the darshan of Krishna, Krishna moving his hand, then immediately he is transferred to the spiritual world. So this is the purport, which is taken from the commentaries of Vishwana Chakravati Thakur and Yu Goswami, the great Acharyas. So this is how they interpret this verse, that the movement of the hand of Krishna is so much of a blessing for the devotee. And at the same time, it is the death personification for the demon or for the opposite party because when he's on the battlefield, his movement is not with the lotus flower, but he, he has the arrow and he has the bow and he shoots the arrow and the uh, soldier or the uh, the great Maharathi who's fighting on the opposite side or the great demon who is fighting. He gets the arrow and he gets killed. And he gets his liberation. So in both cases, of course, the devotee also gets liberation. The demon also gets liberation. But the, there is a great difference between the two liberations. The devotee liberation is much, much higher. Because there are five kinds of liberations that are described in Bhakti, Rasamrit, Sindhu and different scriptures. So now we will discuss these verses little bit more detail and then you can also uh, comment or question whatever comes to your mind regarding today's discussion. Uma Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam so, today we are talking about the universal form of the Lord. This is a very famous form and almost all the devotees are familiar with the universal form of the Lord because also Krishna, Lord Krishna, He showed His universal form in uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 11. After describing something of great importance in chapter 10, then Lord Krishna, he uh, described, uh, he showed his universal form. So, as devotees, we are familiar. And now again, this universal form is being discussed here. 
in the 12th canto 11th chapter uh, the 12th canto is like the conclusion of shrimad bhagavatam <clears throat> shrimad bhagavatam is the topmost scripture the best thing you can get in the world is shrimad bhagavatam and uh, shrimad bhagavatam describes so many wonderful topics that we have studied so far but in the 12th canto it is the conclusion part and specifically there is the description of this universal form and what is the significance as well as there is also the description if you know kali yuga is described that what kind of problems people will be facing in the in this age of kali or the age of darkness age of quarrel and hypocrisy that means problems for people lot of suffering for people so much of violence we see we read in the 12th canto yes but we also see if you uh, uh, i was in india in india just uh, uh, recently there was the election that took place and during that election there was so much violence in one place in bengal there was so much violence and so many murder political violence took place and people were harassed innocent people were killed and harassed just because of some body's political ambition so that's just one example of how much suffering people have to go through for little things and before that the previous week also there was a, a hurricane in orissa in the state of in jagannath puri and in bhubaneswar so much of devastation loss of property people got killed people became homeless government tried to move people out of the dangerous area uh, and move them into the shelters and uh, they were trying their best to save the lives but uh, there was so much suffering so this is uh, every week or uh, you know you hear periodically some disturbances people are going through so that is being described in detail why these things are happening in kali yuga why people have to go through so much suffering and what is the remedy how people can come out of the suffering <clears throat> and enjoy unlimited happiness joyfulness how they can have peacefulness how they can have harmony how they can have nice happy and healthy life so that solution is also discussed in this 12th canto and here we are uh, discussing the universal form of the lord because sutta goswami was asked by shaunakadi or uh, the sages the great sages are asking sutta goswami questions and sutta goswami is answering so that was the question that how the sages are asking how we can see lord krishna everywhere is there a way we can see that was the final like one of the question that is the question the chapter starts with 
So in answer to that, uh, Sutta Goswami is answering, he is saying that this is one way that you can see the Lord everywhere. How? Because throughout Srimad Bhagavatam, different incarnations are described. Krishna, Lord Krishna is taking different forms. What are the different incarnations Lord Krishna is taking? Matsya, Kurma, Varaha, Vaman, Vamandev, Lord Narsinga, Parshuram, Ram. All these different various incarnations, different forms Krishna is taking. And those are described in detail throughout Srimad Bhagavatam. But finally, these are all, uh, all the incarnations of Krishna are not different in one way because they are coming from Krishna. So, uh, Krishna is described as Advaita Machuta Manadim Anantarupam Adyam Purana Purusham Navayavunam Pedeshu Durlabam Adurlabam Atma Bhakta Govinda Madhi Purusham Tamam Bhajami. So, Krishna is Advaitam. He is the only one supreme, original supreme personality of Godhead. He is Advaitam. There is nobody else that is the original supreme. He is the one. Advaitam. Achutam is the infallible. Advaitam Achutam. Anadim. He does not have any origin. He is self-sufficient. He is Swarat. He is completely free, independent, and original. And everybody else is dependent on Him. Everybody is coming from Him. All the Vishnu incarnations are coming from Him. All the energies are coming from Him. This is being established in Srimad Bhagavatam throughout in the different cantos of Bhagavatam. And finally in the tenth canto. So Krishna's position is established and he himself is saying in Bhagavad Gita Am Sarvasya Prabhu in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita uh, text number 8 Krishna is saying Am Sarvasya Prabhu I am the origin of everyone Mata Sarvam Pravartate I am taking care of everyone everybody is coming from me and I am taking care of everyone so, after making this claim, then in 11th chapter, he's showing how he's doing it. He's showing his universal form. And when you see Krishna's universal form, what do you see? All the great demigods, Lord Shiva, Lord Brahma, Ganesh, Surya, Chandra, Varun, Vayu, Agni, all the demigods are there in his universal form. They are part and parcel of Krishna. All the great sages, rishis are there. Hanuman and all the great devotees are there. Everybody is there in his universal form. So, we can see uh, Krishna is showing how he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the 11th chapter. And here also we can see that in this 12th canto, 11th chapter. That how everybody is coming from Krishna and how everybody is depending on Krishna, how Krishna is taking care of everyone. 
then finally krishna uh, in the universal form in bhagavad gita is showing how duryodhan and his great army people generals maharathis bhishma drona all these great personalities on uh, they are being crushed in between the jaws in between the teeth and are ground they are chewed inside the jaws of krishna's universal form that is the description we can read in the 11th chapter of bhagavad gita how duryodhan and his brothers all the 100 sons of dhritarashtra and all the great maharathis are chewed up in between the teeth and their half chewed bodies are hanging between the teeth so this is described this scene is there so that is that not only shows the greatness of the universal form of krishna but also the ghastly form that you know to see somebody being chewed up alive is a quite a scene like uh, uh, it's a very ghastly scene and you have to have a very strong heart to see somebody being chewed up because i i know sometimes some people they see somebody being cut little bit and if the if the knife cuts open little wound then they can faint by just looking the sight of the blood so <clears throat> this is a very ghastly uh, form at the same time and it is all inclusive how everything is included in krishna's universal form that is described in the 11th chapter as well as here in the uh, in the bhagavad gita as well as here in this 12th canto 11th chapter also so that that is what we are seeing but the just not the beautiful features of krishna <clears throat> but also his fighting features are being described here that we are studying here so we understand krishna's beauty and we understand his greatness and at the same time we understand krishna's power his uh uh, uh fearsome nature uh, his fighting nature how he is the best lover and how he is the best fighter at the same time so this is what we are seeing here in the description of the universal form because the question that was asked by the shamnaka the rishis was that how we can see krishna everywhere <clears throat> krishna says in the bhagavad gita 6 chapter text number 30 yomam pashyati sarvatra sarvam chamai pashyati tasya aham na pranashyami sachame na pranashyati yomam pashyati sarvatra you have to somehow figure out how to see krishna everywhere uh, so how you can see krishna everywhere and sarvam chamai and how everything is included in krishna in several places in bhagavad gita bhagavad gita krishna is mentioning this that everything is within me 
everything is emanating from me. Aham Adi Devanam Rishaya Maharshaya Cha. I am the origin of all, of all the demigods. Lord Shiva, Brahma, everybody is coming from me. Maharshi, all the great sages are coming. All the great things are coming from me. And I am maintaining them all. So if Krishna is maintaining all the great people, all the great personalities, He cannot maintain us. He can definitely maintain us. If He can, He is saying, I am maintaining everyone. That means, everybody means all the species of life. So definitely, He will maintain His devotee. If we become His nice devotee, what do you think? Krishna will say, no, I am not going to maintain you. I will maintain everybody else, but not you. No. He says, especially I live for my devotees. And my only concern is my devotees. All the rest of the people I maintain, but not myself. Uh, for that I take Vishnu forms. There are Ananta Vishnus. There are unlimited Vishnu forms Krishna takes for the management of the spiritual world, material world. So many Vishnu incarnations are there, so they're taking care of different things, different people, everything is Mahavishnu, Garbhodaksha Vishnu, Kshirodaksha Vishnu, they are all Vishnu forms taking care of people, demigods and everybody else. But Krishna says, my devotees, they are not taken care by my Vishnu form. I personally take care of them. So that much he loves his devotees. When, and Krishna, he is showing that also, how he loves, how much he loves his devotee. So, this is a very important thing to understand. If we want to see Krishna everywhere, then we have to... Yo mam, uh, uh, janati tattvataha. Krishna is saying that you have to know me tattvataha. Then you will be free from this cycle of repeated suffering, material world, rotating in different species of life and getting punished. Eight million four hundred thousand different species of life. You have to rotate one after another. Punishment never stops. So if you want to become free from all kinds of suffering and punishment, he says, just know me as Tattvataha. Try to understand me from Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. How I am the Supreme and how I take care of you, how much I love you. Try to understand that. So once we try to understand how much Krishna loves us, so th that is like from Krishna's offer, from his side he loves us so much, but that is like one-way love. One-way love means he loves us, but people... In general, in the material world, they say, we don't love Krishna. We don't even know who Krishna is. Where is Krishna? I don't know who is Krishna. I don't love God. There is no God. Uh, they talk all these kind of things. That means they have no idea how to reciprocate. Because, so that is like one way love. Like Just like parents, they love the children. But children say, we don't care. I mean, not all the time, but many times you see that. The parents, they uh, doesn't matter how bad the son is or what bad thing he has done, but the parents always love the 
son always loved the child. No matter how many mistakes he make, they still forgive him. That's just natural uh, nature. That's the nature of the parents. Parental love. So that's one example in the material world we can see. So this is one way love. The son says, I don't care about my father. I, I think he's a bad guy. I don't like him. He may complain and he may even run away and do different crazy stuff. But the father or the mother always loves the child. So similarly, <clears throat> this is the example of one way love. Krishna, he loves us so much that he even here, he's taking the Virat Swarup, he's taking the universal form. This universal form is for us, of course, for the devotees, it's very useful to see Krishna's glories and greatness and it, uh, the universal form even reminds us of Krishna. But even for the non-devotees and even for the mayavadis or the people who are in the formless, brahmavadis, etc. They become very, they usually try to deny the existence of God. And they want to worship the formless, that God has no form. If there is God, he cannot have any form. <clears throat> so, Krishna says, this kind of people, uh, especially in 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, text number 5, Klesho adhikataras tesham avyakta asakta chetasam avyakta hi gatir dukham dehavad viravapyate Klesho adhika There will be so much mis- uh, misery and suffering for this kind of people who try to uh, think that oh, uh, formless, that I have no form, God has no form, there is no form, formless. Uh, they are called Shunyavadi, and what is the other word? Namam Vishnu Padai Krishna Prasthai Bhutali Srimati Bhakti Yadan Swami Namaste Sathya Deve Gaurvani Nirvishesh, Nirvisheshvadi. Nirvishesh and Shunyavadi people, they are the formless people. So, but if you show them the universal form of the Lord, they are immediately attracted. They say, this is very beautiful. They like it. So even for them, there is the entry point. It is the first step. It's a very small step for them, for the formless people. Because otherwise, Klesha Adhika, they have to go through a very suffering process. And Krishna says, Gatir Dukham. At the end, they also get Dukham. They get nothing out of it. The result is zero. The process, the whole process of their Nirvishesh, Shunyavadi people is uh, Klesha, is suffering. And then, what is the end result? More suffering. More Gatir Dukham. So Krishna says, it's not a very good idea because in the 12th chapter, the first question Arjuna is asked that, what is a better way, to become a devotee or to become a formless guy? So Krishna says, if you go on the formless path, you're going to suffer like anything. And then end result will be also more suffering. So better don't go there. That is his advice. And then he is describing the whole Bhakti Yoga in the 12th chapter, 
how to become a nice devotee. So these people, the formless or Nirvisheshwadi, etc., Mayavadi, etc., these people, when they are introduced to universal form, they become very attracted. Yes, this is very good. We don't believe in Krishna and all these things, but yes, universal, very nice. So at least they are now entering into the form. From the formless, now they are accepting the form of the Lord. So it's the first step. So this is how Krishna, he is showing his love that even these Mayavadis and Brahma, uh, the Nirvisheshvadis, they don't like me, but anyway, I love them. So he is showing his love by showing his universal form. So Krishna, he is making so many ways it, uh, very easy for people who are suffering, to how they can come out of their suffering. But the devotee is able to take the maximum advantage. Why? Because he wants to reciprocate that Krishna loves me so much. How I can show my love to Krishna? How? So that is taught by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Anarpita charim chirat karunya autin kalau. Samarvaitam unnata ujwala rasa swabhakti shriyam. Harihi purata sundara dyuti kadamba sandipita. Sachinandana, son of Shachi Mata, that is Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is this benediction he is giving is never given to anybody, Anarpita, for a long, long time, for millions and billions of years. This is not given to anyone, not even to Lord Shiva, Brahma, great, any, nobody. Uh, nobody gets this, but now he is giving freely. <clears throat> Karuniya avtirna kalau. And in Kali Yuga he has come in his golden form. He has taken the complexion and the bhava of Radharani. And with very merciful nature he is distributing freely the topmost benediction, the blessings. On everybody, the people of Kali Yuga, he is showering his blessings. So, uh, this, what is this Unnata Ujjwala Rasa? And that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is describing in his Sikshashtakam, eight verses, what is this Unnata Rasa, Ujjwala Rasa? And finally, in the eighth verse, he is telling, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saying, Ashlishyava Padratam Pinastuma, Adarshanat Marmatam Karotu Vayatha Tatha Vavidadatulamparamat Prananathastu, Saeva Naparaha, nobody else. Krishna, you are my Prananath, you are my Supreme Swami, you are my Malik, you are my owner, you are my master, you are my husband, you are my everything. You, uh, I love you no matter what you do, you can do anything with me, doesn't matter. I, my love for you will never decrease, it will increase every day. Regardless, so this is the definition he is giving, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, unconditional love. That there is no condition the devotee is putting. That if you do this with me, then I love you, otherwise I don't love you. No. He says, no condition. You can do anything you want, I love you. So this is the reciprocation Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching us uh, how to love Krishna. And Srila Prabhupada is giving practical uh, 
practical instructions and practical uh, his own example there how to love krishna he's showing how to chant hare krishna how to perform devotional service everything prabhupada is teaching us uh, in his books in his lectures and uh, through his devotees uh, prabhupada is teaching us how to love krishna how to reciprocate with krishna krishna has so much love for us how we can show our love for him so i'll end here thank you very much if you have any questions or comments uh, i would be very happy to hear your questions comments realizations etc so if you have microphone otherwise you can borrow this one right here and uh, uh, you can throw some light on today's discussion because these verses are very important verses describing the universal form of the lord and how the flower garland of krishna is compared to the universal form how his bow and arrow is compared to the universal form uh, it's very beautiful description so yes prabhu please thank you so much for coming and giving class this morning it's really nice to see you too thank you um my my question has to do with um jayari kalachandi jay shri radha kalachandi bhagwan ki jay shila prabhupad ki jay okay what is western science yes they have concluded through the research yes that the origin of life uh-huh. exists beyond this creation okay Okay the simple point is that um for something to create something else or be the origin of something else it has to exist prior to that so creation in other words has a beginning a middle and an end so to be the origin of that creation you have to exist outside of that creation you have to exist prior to that creation right you follow that Well there there is two ways to look at it but I don't know which way you are looking at it Okay so um uh, the, uh, yeah because the uh, the before this creation Bhagavatam is describing the previous creations also and there is a sequential in our philosophy and in our uh, books we study how it's a cyclical the creations take place by Mahavishnu's breathing the creations are taking place so that is how we understand the western science is trying they are trying the aroha paddhati and we are going avroha aroha means ascending process uh, getting knowledge through our sensory perception and by our mental capacity what we can see and feel and experience and avroha is what we can grasp from the those who have already have the darshan who have already seen the truth uh like the great personalities or the supreme lord himself when he is describing himself or the creation or when the great personalities are describing like shukdev goswami he is looking at the creation and he is describing the creation and the planetary systems and everything so all of these things are the topics of the the, the creation is described in second canto bhagavatam then again uh, in the fifth canto the more details are described so in different cantos the creation is discussed 
uh, and Shukdev Goswami says that creation is always changing but the what I am looking at right now I am describing that's not all but this is the only things that I am seeing right now how the creation is so because of his Divya Chakshu his spiritual vision he is seeing the creation and he's describing as what he's just like we watch the TV and we describe or somebody is watching some game, some uh, football or uh, baseball game is going on and the commentator is watching the game, is describing and we see it on the screen, television screen. The game is going on somewhere else. And in our living room we can see the game on the TV screen or in our iPhone or whatever. So the creation is described by Shukdev Goswami in Bhagavatam. Uh, and before that, by different personalities, it's discussed, Lord Brahma also. So like that. So we we uh, follow the avaroha uh, or the descending process, Guru Parampara. Lord Brahma is our first Guru from Krishna, of course, is the first Guru. Number two is the Brahma. And like that, all the Gurus are coming. Finally, Lord Chaitanya comes. And then all the other Gurus, then Prabhupada. So... We are trying to understand the creation the way Prabhupada is looking at creation. Prabhupada is describing in the uh, fifth canto also that this is how I am accepting Shukdev Goswami's description. He says, I am not accepting the modern scientist way of looking at creation because as much as their senses or their telescopes are are, are trying to grasp the details, but still it's imperfect vision. It cannot capture everything. And uh, then they have to speculate. After what they see, then they have to speculate. Oh, it must be like this. It must, then they come with hypothesis that it must be like this after this, because we can't see it clearly. So it must be something like this. So then there's so much of imagination and hypothesis is involved in this ascending process that the scientists are using. So Prabhupada, he says that that is imperfect knowledge that will not give you the perfect idea. The perfect idea we are getting already from Shukdev Goswami. He is saying that this is how the creation is taking place. And therefore Prabhupada says that I am accepting the version of Shukdev and I am not accepting the scientist. Whatever, Krishna or whatever? Yeah, whatever. Well, Krishna, they say that the God created. Even though they may not have the complete vision, but they say, I think they say that uh, in seven, uh, six days God created and seventh day was Dhali day or something. Okay, so yeah, they, have a, they may have incomplete understanding, but at least they they are Christians or different religion people they accept the existence of God even though they are not able to see the form of the Lord because that requires uh, this vision of Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam and uh, unless and until they study Bhagavad Gita Bhagavatam from a bona fide spiritual master it requires to take spiritual initiation and study under the guru and get the complete vision, complete understanding, and then the realization comes like that. So, uh, the personal contact uh, and personal feature of the Lord is 
is the final Brahmati Paramatmaiti Bhagwan. So if you want to reach Bhagwan stage, you want to come in contact with Krishna face to face, person to person, you want to become his friend. No other religion or no other scientist will show you how to do it. Only you have to come to Iskand society, take shelter of Prabhupada and the Bonafide spiritual master. You have to learn the truth from the self-realized soul. Then you can come in contact with Krishna. You cannot go to a scientist and say, show me Krishna. I want to become devotee of Krishna. Can you make me devotee? Scientists cannot make you, or Christian people, they cannot make you devotee of Krishna. They have some idea, but not the complete. What is spiritual transcendental? What is transcendental? The word transcendental? Well, the transcendental spiritual, I understand, is in three phases. Brahmati, Paramatmaiti, Bhagwaniti, Shabdate. I go according to my Bhagavatam dictionary. I go according to Shukdev Goswami. Because Prabhupada says that you understand from Shukdev not from other people. They may be uh, very close to the meaning. It may be just about, you know, the English language has its own limitations. It's not as expensive as Sanskrit. No, English, I use English. I'm speaking in English with you. So, English I accept. But the English dictionary, I am not a linguist. But I know that the the English language has come from Sanskrit, as all the Indo-European languages have come from Sanskrit, all the Indian languages have come from Sanskrit. So if you study Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam, which is in Sanskrit itself, original, without any changes even for a full uh, point or a comma, is not changed, and everything is as it is. So Sanskrit gives you a perfect idea. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand from Prabhupada and Shukdev Goswami. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That is the main thing. See, that's the main difference between, as I mentioned before, avroha and aroha. In ascending process, you will come with all these limitations. That as soon as you think about a person, you have to think about a finite personality. You cannot think about a Divya Purush or a Divine Personality. That means you have to negate the existence of the soul also. Because soul is also immortal as much as Krishna is immortal. But then you will have to deny the existence of the soul. So you have to deny your own existence also. You have to say that I am also just made of these five elements, earth, water, fire and ether. I am just made of a bunch of chemicals. So this whole thing takes you on a wrong track. That when you depend on the ascending process, it has its own limitation. You can never reach to spiritual reality, existence of the soul, super soul and Bhagwan Krishna by this ascending process. It, it has its own limitations. You cannot find Krishna by your telescopes or by, by your microscopes. You cannot. It's just not possible. With the imperfect senses, Atashri Krishna Namadi na bhavet grayam indriya. With your sensory perception, with your mental powers, you cannot get to Krishna, His holy name. Nothing can be there. You cannot achieve. You can chant for millions of years, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, you will never understand Krishna if you try to capture Him by your senses and mind. 
by your scientific process you cannot approach Krishna or his holy name. Na bhavet grahimindre. Sevan mukhehi jivvadav. You have to become servant of the holy name. You have to become the servant of the servant of the servant of the holy name. Jivvadav. Swayam evas furati adaha. Then Krishna decides, now I want to reveal to him. Then the holy name will manifest on your tongue. You cannot force Krishna. It's not possible. So the scientists, they can, even the big, big yogis, they try for a long, long period of time, but they cannot even get a glimpse of the nails of the of Krishna. What to speak of the scientist? It's not possible to get into transcendental. It's not so easy. It's made easy by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Otherwise, in all other ages, it was very difficult. See, transcendental personality, they cannot understand. I am telling you again. That the personality, is that means for them, for all the different other uh, people, except the, uh, the theist people or the devotee people, the other rest of the people, their argument is that the personality means limited. There cannot be unlimited personality. But Krishna is showing in his universal form Duryodhan and the armies are being crushed like a meat grinder. You know how the meat is ground in. Uh, so Duryodhan and all these people, great person, they are so great warriors, nobody could defeat them. There were many Bhishma like Bhishma who could defeat him. But he is ground up between the jaws of Krishna's universal form. So Krishna says, time I am. I am time myself and I come as death. If you don't accept me, you don't want to become my devotee, fine. Mrityu Chaham. You can be great scientist, but I'll take away everything from you at the time in the form of death. So uh, for them is the final destination is the death. So unless and until you understand Krishna's divinity, how Janma Karma Divyam, he says, my uh, um, birth is not like ordinary people's birth. I was not born like that. Uh, and he showed his Vishnu form as soon as he was born. That look at uh, my four-handed Vishnu form. Uh, uh, then he showed his Virat, uh, his universal form. Like that different places he's showing all these things. He lifted Govardhan Hill, he did so many things. So he killed Putna even as a little child, infant. He killed the biggest demon, Putna. So... <clears throat> He is showing his divinity, his transcendentalness or his spirituality, supreme spirit. He is showing his supreme power so many times again and again. But those who are fixed on, you know, the aspect that the person has to be limited, then he has to see this, all these things as mythology. That this cannot be true. How Krishna can exist? This is just mythology. This is somebody's crazy idea. Maybe we asked there, he took some bang or some charas or something. He sat down in the cave of Himalayan mountain and he wrote this novel. So he can become famous. No, that's not, that's not the idea that Vyasdev wrote all the Vedas, all the Upanishads, all the Puranas and finally he wrote Srimad Bhagavatam. Not for that purpose, but to to take people out of darkness, to enlighten them, because he is feeling the mercifulness, he is, he is feeling for the souls of Kali Yuga. They are going to be suffering, and how I can take out their suffering? 
out of compassion, Vyasadeva is written all these scriptures, all the Vedas, and finally Srimad Bhagavatam. But if somebody is adamant and says, no, no, he just wrote the mythology, I cannot believe it. Then he's stuck. What can you do with him? No, I'm not. I'm not at all feeling. I'm at ease. I'm. I'm totally not feeling at. That is why Krishna is showing his universal form. That's the whole idea. That by showing his universal form, Krishna is showing how he is beyond time. He says, "Time is my servant. I am not material energy. Is my servant." Look at all these material ingredients. I am showing, I am using all these material energy, material ingredients in my universal form. But because it is my inferior energy, for you it is the punishing energy. But for me it's not the punishing energy. I am the superintendent. I am the material energy's boss. Material energy is existing and working under my direction. So he is using all these material elements in his universal form, in his drawing, look at this Shiva, Brahma, Ganesh, Vayu, all these demigods, they are my servants. Look at all Vishnu forms, they are my servants. Look at all these sages. I have produced everybody of them. I am the owner and enjoyer of all the activities of these people. So he, he is claiming it, he is saying it, and he is showing it, he is proving it. Both the things he is doing simultaneously. Universal form has no uh, uh, no control of time. Universal form is Krishna's showing, just like he showed in Lord Nashingadeva form. So you can say, oh, but that was temporary. Uh, Lord Nashinga's form, he he showed it uh, and he killed Hiranyakashipu and the matter was over, the scene was over, everything. After Prahlad Maharaj, he made his prayers, everything was hunky-dory, everything nice. And it, uh, that pastime is finished. Now we're done with the drama. So it's under the control of time. So you may make arguments like this, but it doesn't work like that. I cannot prove. Bhagavatam is proving. Bhagavatam is proving. Shukdev Goswami is saying uh, that these things are happening again and again. These leelas are performed in every universe. Everywhere this is... Krishna, he loves to perform his leelas and make his devotees happy. He says uh, that Krishna, he his only business is to make his devotees happy. He has no he has no uh, purpose to make scientists happy. But sometimes he does favor to them by showing this universal form. The scientists and everybody, Mayavadis, they also become attracted to Krishna in the form of universal form. But that is just a side business. That's not Krishna's main business. Krishna's main business is to perform unlimited pastimes for the pleasure of his devotees. Scientists are not happy. Most of the scientists, they are not able to become devotees. Even though we have examples of some some great scientists become devotees also. Some scientists, they finally accept that and are able to become devotees. But most of the scientists, because they are so busy with their science stuff, they have no time. They say, just like an ordinary person, you go to him, he's busy in his job, he's driving his truck, he has no time. And he's like, I, I, I'm barely making money by my truck business, I, my, to take care of my family. What the, what do I care about this God business? I have no time for God business, I have my trucking business. 
So similarly, scientist has his, his business. I'm, I mean, you know, the people are busy. They say, we have no time. Everybody is running out of time. Nobody has time to discuss about God, to know God, who am I, why I am suffering. He says, I'm already suffering. Just give me a cigarette. So I'm, you know, just give me a can of beer. So their, their, concern, their concerns are like that. What are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell a scientist? Scientists want to smoke his cigarette and he wants to be happy with his cigarette and his, his test tube. That's all. So what are you going to do with him? So you're saying that unless somebody's qualified, even though you make so many... Unless and until you become servant of the Guru, you, you, you can study even in the university all these books, but you can never become a devotee. You have to take shelter of the bona fide spiritual master to understand the truth. That is Krishna's verdict. He, he is saying, Tadviddita you have to pay obeisances to your Guru. Uh, and you have to serve him and you have to make him happy if you want to understand the truth. There is no other way. It's, you know, very clear. And there are so many verses in Bhagavatam like that. Yeah, so that's the beginning step. At least, you know, we are trying to take them in the right direction. Even small step. So universal form is a small step for them. This look at universal form and from formless they get entry into the form. You know, through the universal form of the Lord. No, there is no simple way. You have to go through the whole process. It's a science. It's not. It's, there is no quick fix. Like okay, you take, uh, you put the coin in the, uh, uh, and you get the coke can. It's not like that. You cannot make arguments like that to a foolish person. That Krishna is now Vijayunam. He is always sixteen year old. He has no idea. He he wants his cigarette and beer. He's happy with that. How are you going to convince him that Krishna is a 16-year-old boy and eternally enjoying in Golok, Evaniva, Sati, Akhilatma, Bhuto? He is the owner of everything, Akhilatma, uh, yet he is enjoying unlimited pastimes in Golok, Vrindavan. How are you going to convince him just like you think it just happens like that? No. It, it takes many, many births and many lifetimes to understand these things. It's made easy by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Prabhupada. If you are serious about it, you have to go through scientifically bhakti yoga and then gradually learn the truth. All right? And she wants to ask also after you. So let's finish it up. Okay. What is your? Huh? That's a very nice explanation. See, uh, you make arguments from non-devotee platform or scientist platform, you can never come to a conclusion because it's a never-ending argument. You know, you can you can never win an argument with... Uh, uh, you can go on... It's, it's, it's like you can go on arguing and he can go on arguing. Prabhupada says that there is no end to it. Unless one gradually comes to the uh, platform of accepting the bona fide spiritual master Guru Parampara, then he will have some some realization. And based on his, everybody decides on his own realization. See, everybody has to decide 
from his own. Now, before Kalki Prabhu enlightens us, you had something to say. Yeah, go ahead. What do you want to say? Loudly. You had a question. What is the question? Yes, the the dimensions <coughs> of Krishna are unlimited in his universal form. At the same time, the planetary system that is being described in this particular chapter, 11th chapter, the, see, Krishna has different places he has shown his universal form. To Arjuna he showed one time, to Mataraya Shodha he showed on, then in the case of Vaman there he became also from Vaman to Trivikram. And that was very gigantic form he took. That was another universal form. So, a different universal forms he is taking different places. But uh, in this particular uh, 12th canto, 11th chapter, the universal form that is being discussed is the, about the planetary systems. It's based on the and planetary systems, even though they are very big compared to us, because the earth planet is like a little dot in this universe. This universe is so big, but still it has some measurements. And there are, multi, there are many, many universes, even bigger than our universe. So our universe has a particular dimension and figure. So how this universe, it is compared with the universal form, because Krishna, he can use his material energy also. For him, there is no material energy. Whatever comes in contact with Krishna becomes spiritual. Just like when we are in the temple and we are looking at Krishna, we are also spiritual. We become completely spiritual. It's another thing if we walk out and then we become materialist. That's a different story. But but uh, as long as we are with Krishna, we are also totally spiritual. So whatever comes in contact with Krishna is spiritualized. So his, his material energy, is, he says, Bina Prakriti Astrada. My material energy is, is separated energy from me, but it is my energy, Mama Maya. He says, this is my Maya, and I am controlling this energy. So I can use any, this energy any way I want. So in the universal form, he is using his material energy, and in the form of the universe. Alright? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Srila Prabhupada ki jai Hare Krishna Panchakalpa